This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very, very good morning to you. How are you? A very, very good morning to you too. You're sounding a little different, Rolene. What's going on down there? I'm in my car. I'm actually uh, about to get onto a train in a few minutes. I'm heading down south. Uh, I will be with uh, Ilan Ostendraver. We're going down to the south, uh, hopefully to some of the communities that were decimated on the 7th of October. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, so, and, and, and uh, it's, it, it seems to be a thing that, that people are doing, just going down there, seeing what they could do, showing support. We were talking about that a little bit earlier in studio. Um, it's, 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 it's an amazing gesture for, on, on, and of course, if you're going with Ilan and you're going with yourself, it's to report on it, take photos and, and bring information back. Well, that's exactly it. We're going down there to bear witness to, to cover what happened and, and bring the news to you. It is so important that we do not forget the events of the 7th of October. And we keep telling them and we keep reminding the world of what happened and why Israel is currently engaged in a war against Hamas. But uh, the levels of love from the people of Israel have been absolutely extraordinary. Um, we've got volunteers, some of our kids, even from our WITA schools, are going down there working in the field, getting those farms uh, productive, picking the crops, milking the cows, doing what we, we need to do. Uh, the Defence Minister, Yoav Galant, announcing yesterday that there is a possibility that residents can start returning to their homes in the south in, in January. He did say we are entering the second phase uh, of the war. Now, if you remember... When he announced his three phases, he said the first phase will be very, very intense fighting. We'll move to the second phase, which will be taking out pockets of resistance. And then the third phase, establishing a new security reality, whatever that may be. Mm, mm. So that is... uh, uh, that is the situation that we are seeing there. But understandably, uh, the, the residents still need to feel safe. They still need to reestablish that level of trust that will see them uh, feeling confident enough to go back home, to what's left of their home. So what does happen? I mean, they, do we have any indication as to when they'll be even allowed to return to to their homes and and how that rebuilding process begins because their homes were decimated. Well, we know that uh, uh, the defence minister said January they can start. What that looks like, we don't know. I mean, the, the, the kibbutzim like the Erinkfar Aza are, are decimated, but the surviving residents, uh, a lot of them have said we will rebuild. 
We will rebuild. And you know what? I know Israelis all around the country, whatever they need, we will rise to the occasion and we will help. Right. So uh, what is happening? Can you give us an update on the hospital? Because that's a that's an important focus, and it has been, I guess, this week as Israel surrounded the hospital, ultimately moved in there and has taken that over. Well, we know more and more information now about why the, the, the IDF has targeted the hospitals. Last night we had the horrific news that they had found the body of Yehudit Weiss, a 64-year-old resident of the Eri. Her husband was killed on the 7th and she was abducted and taken into, uh, in, into Gaza. They found her body very close to Shifa Hospital. It is believed that she was killed by Hamas terrorists. She was also suffering from from cancer may her memory be blessed you know just uh, it, it's another stab to the heart here in israel but the army uh, lieutenant colonel jonathan conrick is showing us what was found in the mri room and last night the idf showed proof that there were tunnels or are tunnels underneath shifa hospital but in tandem with that we have the idf sending in now i don't know any other army that does this howard thousands of liters of drinking water and ready-made meals for patients and staff that are still in the hospital and unable to evacuate. We know that the IDF is engaged in targeted areas of the hospital, targeting uh, the remaining Hamas terrorists who are using that hospital as a, as a base, uh, their civilians as human shields. But um, we have all the evidence corroborated by Pentagon intelligence officials, so we know the Chifa Hospital, and, and, and how it, it has been known for years. In 2015, Amnesty International, which we know is no friend to the state of mm, Israel, mm. released in their report findings that Chifa Hospital was not just a base for Hamas terrorists, but also where Hamas terrorists would take a political opponents, people they, they see as or saw as uh, collaborators, and torture and kill them. Wow. So this was actually used not just as a command center, but but also almost as a, as a detention center. Absolutely. It's been public knowledge for years. I mean, this is why you're seeing Amnesty International so, being very So we've really been right gaslighted now. because, you know, if you go into my Twitter feed, you would think that this was basically a humanitarian hospital and Israel were planting a few guns behind the MRI machine, uh, which they say is absolutely impossible. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's what the IDF is about. It's fascinating. Well, let's not, let's not forget that for years, and you and I have spoken about it, uh, I've spoken about it in, in, in so many different uh, forums. We know that the United Nations Relief Works Agency, UNRWA, have let their hospitals and their schools be used as launch sites and weapon storage facilities. We know that. The other uh, horrendous discovery yesterday in a child's bedroom by the IDF were rockets and munitions and explosives under a child's bed. I, I, I ask all parents out there listening, what do you keep under your children's beds in your homes? 
Sure. So when that child is going to sleep and they say there's a monster under my bed, they really do mean it. It's, uh, it's, it's they just... do mean the monsters are under the bed. In terms of the tunnels that they, they are finding now, uh, that obviously it hasn't yet, it doesn't seem, led to the bunkers yet, to this underground network. I mean, it, it, it's an underground network, but it hasn't led to the headquarters. Is that right? We don't know yet. You know, I think as the information clears the intelligence, and I think it will be given to uh, other intelligence agencies before it's made public, we're discovering more and more and more. So I wouldn't be surprised if throughout the the next couple of days we find exactly where those tunnels need to. I mean, this is just, it's unbelievable, but it's an open secret that has been known for years, and now you are seeing the evidence. And I think these people that are denying it, uh, and now we're seeing this horrendous new trend of almost of 9-11 denial. Uh, the people that are denying it, 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 it just uh, will refuse to face facts. The hatred is so deep, they refuse to face facts. But it's all out there. You can turn on TV. And, and, and what's, what's even better is that we're not just saying it, we're not just photographing it. We're taking the foreign press, the BBC, and I think this was deliberate, were the first uh, foreign press allowed into Shifa Hospital to see what the RDF had uncovered. It's it's just remarkable. And I see Hillel Neuer uh, uh, tweeted last night, the United Nations has 13,000 employees in tiny Gaza. They know exactly what's going on. So do NGOs like Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch. They all knew Hamas's terror infrastructure was in the hospital compound. So this goes to exactly what you were saying, where Israel wouldn't attack. They lied to the world for 16 years to paint evil, to paint Israel as evil. And, and not only that, Howard, is that when we need the United Nations, as per their mandate, they rose out of the ashes of the Holocaust. When our people uh, w- were decimated, they rose out of the Holocaust. Uh, their mandate was to protect peace and protect the integrity of uh, humanity and the sacredness of, of nations. Now when we see our women being uh, raped and murdered, our children kidnapped to Gaza, we have not heard from UNICEF or UN Women when our paramedics and our ambulances were attacked on the 7th of October, blown up, murdered in their ambulances. We have not heard a word from Tedros Ghebreyesus, the the head of the World Health Organization. So uh, I hold the United Nations complicit in all of this, uh, not to mention Antonio Guterres. The, what is wrong uh, with him? Uh, what is wrong with him? Like, I, I, I feel like he's either stupid or, or he's actually, or, or he's not a good guy. I think he's a useful idiot for Hamas and Mm, Iran. mm. Yesterday, meeting with Iranian officials. When we have Iran, the largest state sponsor of terror and the sponsor of Hamas, heading up the uh, United Nations uh, Human Rights Forum, we are talking about living in an Orwellian universe. Our ambassador to, to UNICEF, tweeted yesterday he had a very, very harsh and uncomfortable meeting with the head of UNICEF and had to remind him, by the way, there are 38 children under the age of 18 being held hostage in, in Gaza. And I've just walked, I mean, Modi in now, there are signs for our kidnapped hostages everywhere. Bring them home.
And remarkable. Uh, Raleen, what is happening in the north? Because this is obviously an area of, uh, of unknown at the moment as to which way this is going to go. Well, we have said to the north that it's not in your best interest, Hezbollah, to enter into any kind of war. Uh, with Israel and you know I love your Afghalant nobody speaks war speak quite like the defense minister where he said the noses of our war planes are pointed north mm. our pilots are in the cockpit don't try us so there have been opportunistic uh, exchanges of fire uh, by, by Hezbollah and the IDF is responding uh, hitting um, Hezbollah targets. Sorry, I actually just wanted to, before we even moved on to that, just to go back to this negotiation around hostages. There definitely seems to be quite a bit of movement in that regard, that there seems to be uh, Netanyahu certainly referring to it. What is the story? Well, what we know is there are negotiations, but as uh, the Prime Minister said, and this was reiterated by the IDF spokesman, please don't believe any rumours until we tell you mm. what is going mm. on. So they, they, we know that there are negotiations. Uh, we don't know the, 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 the details, but they have said, and this is for people spreading WhatsApps, don't believe rumours. You'll know what's happening when you hear it from us. Mm-hmm. In terms of Israel, and uh, you know, we talk about it moving to this next phase. Does that mean that Israel itself might lower its uh, war alertness, or is that unlikely? Well, that's a great question. I think for the moment we're not um, lowering any uh, sense of emergency because we, like we saw yesterday in Jerusalem, another terror attack, uh, five. Uh, uh, injured and one killed a young soldier uh, of Ethiopian um, origins. He was killed yesterday. So uh, we are still alert. I think once we get the green light from the army that the that Hamas is completely eradicated and they're happy to lower a sense of emergency, we'll, we'll, we will start to see that happening. Mm, mm. And now in terms of uh, you're about to get on a train to go down south, how long does it take you? How long will it take to, to get to that re- to the area? An hour. I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't leave my mind a single day that an hour from me an on hour. the seventh of all October. It is an hour. It's all, it's all it is. It's an hour. Not even forty-five minutes. That's in a short trip away from where I am. My brothers and sisters, their children, the parents and grandparents were obliterated, murdered, brutalized, and we can never ever forget that. How safe is it down there? Um, at the moment, it's, it's, it's reasonably okay. You know, there are still rockets coming over, uh, and it is close to the staging area for uh, for Gaza. Uh, but uh, for the moment, you know, we, we have people in the field. Uh, people are going uh, in very, very, very small groups to these areas, and, uh, you know, we will see what we will be able to do today. Indeed, that is where we leave it. Raleen Marks, thank you for that. Thank you for a week of brilliant reporting. And just stay safe. Hopefully you'll have a Shabbat of peace and quiet. And, uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully you will uh, just a bit of healing, which is, I think, what we all need. It is about to go 8 o'clock. I'm Howard Feldman. This is your Morning Mayhem. It's 101.9 High FM. Good morning. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands.
Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,